everyone, and welcome back to the CCPL podcast. I'm Kirsten Real, branch manager of the Carteret County Public Library in Beaufort, and I will be your host, as always. <laughs> so today, we are talking more fantasy novels, because that's my favorite genre. I love fantasy novels, and the library is absolutely chock full of them. However, today, unlike in my previous podcast episodes about fantasy novels, one where where I highlighted adult novels about heroines over 40, and another one where I did my top five fantasy novels, and I tried to um, range those out a little bit between young adult and adult. This time, what I'd like to do is point out the young adult and juvenile fantasy series that I think adults should read because there are so many great novel series out there that are that are geared toward children however adults can enjoy them just as well and I strongly encourage parents to read the stuff that their children are reading so that you can talk to them about it you know part of the the idea here is that they're not just reading things and not delving into the subject matter, but you as a parent, if you're reading them with your children, then you're able to start a dialogue where the child can really delve into the material and start building up that reading comprehension. So it's really important as a parent to know what your children are reading and to preferably read it with them. Or at least you read it on your own and they read it on their own so that you can come together and talk about it later and really help them build up those necessary skills. So what I've done is I've come up with a list of juvenile and young adult fantasy series that I strongly recommend just because they're really good. But I also think that they're ones that can be talked about, that can be delved into. And I'll go a little bit more into depth on that. Now, I also chose ones that I personally have read. Uh, so, or at least attempted to read because there is one that I never actually finished. I tried to read it and it, I just didn't care for the writing style, but I know plenty of people who liked it and I know enough about it to be able to talk about it. So, there's that. <laughs> So without further ado, let's dive on into this. I'm going to start with the juvenile books and then we'll work our way up to the young adult books. <clears throat> so our very first one is called Serafina and the Black Cloak. So Serafina, the, the book is written by Robert Beatty. Actually, it's a series. Again, it's a series and I just call it the Serafina series. Not to be mistaken with the young adult series, also called Seraphina. <laughs> this particular book, again, the series is by Robert Beatty. And it's about a young girl and her dad, who this is back in the late 1800s. They are living at the Biltmore House. But the dad is working at the Biltmore House. He's a, an engineer. An electrician, I think it's an electrician, who he's working there. He lives in the basement. His daughter lives there, too, although he's not supposed to let people know that she's there. 
with him. So she has to hide a lot. So while she's hiding all around this huge house, running around the grounds, she one day meets the boy who lives there because the Vanderbilts at this time were living there. And uh, you had George Vanderbilt and his wife. And then George's nephew comes to stay there with him. So one day while the main character, Serafina, is running around the house, she comes across the nephew and they end up striking up a, a friendship of sorts. Well, while they're doing that, there's this mystery involved. Kids are disappearing from the house. And it's becoming this big thing because multiple children are missing. So they're trying to get down to the bottom of this mystery and figure out what's going on. Oh, by the way, there are a lot of spoilers in this episode. A lot of spoilers. I end up spoiling everything anyway. <laughs> I know that. I, I've been told that on multiple occasions. So I just need to start rating all of these as for spoiler. But um, I, I am going to be giving away plot points in this. Because I think for me to be able to explain why I chose these novels, I have to explain what the novel's about. So I can't just give you a, a cookie cut summary. <laughs> But anyway, back to the story. So uh, she, you, she actually comes across, Serafina actually comes across the man who's responsible for the children disappearing. And this man has a magical cloak that sucks the children into it. It sucks their souls. It's very, very dark. But, you know, it, there is that magical element to this series and throughout all the novels there's a huge a huge magical element because it turns out Serafina is not a human child I'm just going to leave it at that I'm not going to say what she is but she's not human and not fully anyway so you're you're following along with Serafina and with the nephew uh, who formed this bond this friendship that lasts throughout the books and the reason that I think that this is such a great novel series to read with your children or to or to just read because it's good <laughs> I enjoyed it I enjoyed the series I'm not gonna lie I'm a grown woman and I enjoyed it I don't have children so I can't even claim that I'm reading it to my children <laughs> I mean I could have pretended but I'm not gonna pretend I'd, I've read this because I just wanted to and it was really good but I do think that if you're uh, a parent, it, it is a good series for your child to read and for you to read along with your child because there are certain things you could talk about. For instance, you can talk about how hard it was in, in years pre prior, you know, how, how far we have come as a society that this little girl who had to hide in the late 1800s and who wasn't expected to be able to make anything of herself because her papa or her dad was not a rich man. He had no means. They were living in the basement of his employer's house in like the, it was like this tiny little work room. It wasn't even a, a good room. It was just a tiny little work room and they were eating beans every night and that's all they had. You know, how this young girl back then who had no prospects and was, unless she, you know, managed to, befriend the nephew of the house what she managed to do then she would have had a hard time 
being able to come out of that, being able to, to make something of herself. She would have had a harder time doing it, especially again, because she was hidden. It's not even like the owners knew she was there. And when they eventually find out that she is there, they do a lot to help her. But before that, you know, she didn't have that. She, it was just her and her dad and that was it. So that's something to talk about with your children is how times have changed. What's different between when, when this book took place and now and how far we've come and in what ways we can continue to improve. So that's one thing to talk about. Another thing to talk about, it, it's a sad subject, but it is kind of prevalent in these books and that's the subject of death you know this is this series has a lot of heavier moments in it and it's written in such a way that children should be able to grasp it a little bit easier because it's it's written on their level it's written really really well Uh, but it is something that is kind of woven throughout this series so that's another something to talk that would hopefully you'd be able to come to some sort of understanding about and maybe help them understand it too. So I really like this novel or this series. I think it's really well written. The characters are great. I loved the character of Serafina. I thought she was just, she was a little spitfire. (laughs) She wasn't going to take anything from anybody and she didn't care. She didn't care that her and her dad were, eating beans every night in the basement of this house that she didn't own. She didn't think of it like that. She thought of it as a grand adventure, which is amazing. And, you know, that's another something to talk to your kids about, too, is being able to see the positives in a negative situation or being able to use their imaginations to imagine what can be and what what are the possibilities. So I highly recommend it, again, the Serafina series by Robert Beatty, set at the Biltmore House. So that's always fun, you know, if you're from North Carolina, which I am, you know, <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually not, I'm, my uh, hometown's about an hour, an hour and a half from Asheville. So I got to see the Biltmore House quite a bit growing up. <laughs> so <clears throat> I recommend going to the Biltmore House too, if you have never been, not, not a sponsor, not a, not really trying to plug them, but at the same time, it's gorgeous. I loved it. All right. So my next series, this is one I actually just started and I have fallen in love with this series. I am so desperate to read all of them <laughs> that I went and purchased <laughs> some of them because I could not wait to get them. I'm just, I love them so much. And that is the Pendragon series by DJ McHale, which I'm a little upset because apparently this was a thing. (laughs) This was a, this was a thing when I was in high school, apparently. I did not know that. I, I somehow completely missed it. And I'm so upset that I missed it. Actually, it would have been, would have been, or high school through college is when these came out for me. So, you know, that, that explains it. You know, I, you're, I might have seen it if it had come out when I was a kid. I don't know. I shouldn't I shouldn't be mean to myself that way. But anyway, so they've been out for years, the Pin Dragon series, and there's a whole bunch of them. And it's, it's 
a journal through time and space, I think is what the, the or the journal of adventures through time and space, I think is the full title of that. And it's like I said, it's a whole series and each book is, is literally a journal. It's this boy who is writing a journal to his friends about his adventures and how he got dragged into these adventures because he didn't ask for it. He didn't want it. He didn't even know that he could do it. It was just thrust upon him by his uncle. And so one day he's living his normal life, his normal, I think he's 14, his normal 14 year old life as a basketball star at his school. And I mean, it even said he, it was his first kiss with a girl, right? (laughs) Right Right at the beginning of the first novel. And, He's just living his life. And then all of a sudden his uncle shows up and says, you know, they've got to go save somebody. And he's confused and gets dragged along. And then they end up going to this place where they're hunted by these creatures that are just strange creatures and hard to explain. And then they go through this doorway, this portal thing to a whole different world. So this guy is literally just dragged into a situation he has no idea what is going on but he gets dragged into this situation and told that he has to save he has to help save an entire planet an entire universe because it turns out that there are different universes that you can that only certain people can get to called travelers and he's a traveler so he can go to these different worlds and these different places. And <clears throat> when he does, he is supposed to help them. But there's this bad guy who's also traveling through to these places who's trying to destroy the world. And the way they do that is they don't, they try not to directly interfere. So this bad guy is influencing the people to destroy their own planet is this big drawn out thing in the first one. I go ahead and tell you a little more about the first one. It's like he becomes an advisor to the ruler of this land and the, he convinces this ruler to treat the local village like, I mean, horrible. I mean, demanding all sorts of things. They end up killing the people every day these people are sent down into the mines to mine for this really precious material and if they don't get enough of that material by the end of the day the this evil man will kill one or have somebody from the village killed and it's it's oh it's dark (laughs) twisted but in they end up it's the main character he ends up working with another young girl who's who's about his age and her mom and then his uncle and another there's another boy who's there who's trying to help them as well. And they're all trying to figure out how to save this place. They end up doing it, but, you know, they lose a lot too. So one reason why I like the series so much is not only is it really well written and it, it instantly grabs you. When I tell you that it instantly grabs you, I love those novels. That it's like a journal or something because you're getting into the mind of this character. You get to know this character and you get to all the thoughts, feelings, processes. It's 
Oh, I love it. I love it so much. So one of the reasons why I love this series is because of that. But I also love it because there are a lot of topics in this book series that are relatable to any age and not just to children and to young adults, but to adults as well. So, for example, in the first novel, See, I'm only I'm only ruining the first one, so I should get points for that. <laughs> so, in the first novel, not, you know, not only is it from his perspective, and he's thrust into this world, he reacts pretty much how you would expect somebody to react if they were thrust into this world with no explanation, no warning, and he panics. He panics hard. You know, this is not. Something he would have signed up for if he could have. It's terrifying. He he shows it. You know, a lot of people would think, oh, it's an adventure. It's fun. It's, you know, going to be great. Well, no, it's an adventure and it's dangerous and people are dying and there are stakes involved. So this book goes into that. It goes into, you know, his mindset and his psyche of I didn't ask for this. I didn't want it. This is hard and crazy and just out there and horrible and I'm expected to be brave and strong but that is not something that is inherent for me you know so I liked it because he was relatable he was so relatable you know we all like to think that we know how we would react in certain situations but the truth is we just don't we have no idea what might happen in certain situations we just assume, but then we're presented with that situation and we're like, oh my gosh, I really thought that I could do that. <laughs> I'm over here running away because this is, this is bad. I don't want any part of this. <laughs> so I think he is relatable on so many levels for so many different reasons. So I think that is one of the reasons why I think not only adults should read it just for funsies, but also, if you're a parent, read it with your kids because you can really talk about the truth of the matter is, you know, it brings up what would you do in this situation. So you can kind of talk to your children about different situations that they might have where they think they might know how they react or they might have a gut reaction to something and maybe work on some steps of how to actually handle that situation if it were to ever occur. It doesn't have to just be something fantastical like you get dragged into a new world. It can be any situation, but kind of talk to them about that and talk to them about, you know, not judging somebody by their first impression. So a lot of what he struggles with, the main character struggles with in this is that he forms opinions about people that get in the way. And so maybe talking to kids and trying to delve into not judging somebody by the first impression or not judging a book by its cover you know, really trying to understand who a person is because he, over the course of this series, learns more about the people around him and is able to really form a true opinion about somebody, not just based off of the first time he met them. So I think that's a really important something too. Anyway, so that was the Pendragon series by DJ McHale. Absolutely love it. Highly recommend it. Again, Highly recommend it if you're a parent, but I really highly recommend it for anybody because it's amazing. I love it. 
All right, so this next series, this is the one that I didn't actually finish. <laughs> I tried to read it. It was the um, Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel series by Michael Scott. I tried to read it. I did not particularly care for it. Uh, I couldn't get past the writing style. It was really stopping me from diving into it. But the gist of this series is that Nicholas Flamel is still alive. So we all know Nicholas Flamel was a real person, but he did, and he did believe that he had come up with a series or uh, with a concoction that was going to keep him alive forever. Spoiler alert, it didn't actually work. But in the series, the book series, it did work. So he is still alive. And there's a whole thing about people trying to find him and, and trying to get his concoction. And it's like this whole thing. I, I again, I just couldn't get past the writing style. But I know a lot of people who love it. And they compare it to things like Harry Potter and all these other things. Although after, from what I read, I don't know that I would say I would compare it to Harry Potter. I mean, I really wouldn't because it's, I don't, I think the only comparison is because there was, Nicholas Flamel was mentioned in the first Harry Potter book. That's the only reason. But whatever. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. (laughs) But because so many people have said that it's so good. I would say to give that one a shot as well. It is, there are numerous books in this series. I'm not exactly sure how many. I think it's like six, five or six, something like that. So, you know, give it a shot. I I don't know. That's a a mini plug for it because I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk more about it because I don't know very much about it. I did not even, I didn't make it halfway through this book. I don't even think I made it halfway. I don't, I don't, uh, it's been a while. I'm not sure. So. Give it a shot because I do just because I didn't like something or just because I liked something doesn't mean you will like it or hate it. So give it a shot if you haven't given it a shot. All right. So my next one is it's on that line of children and young adults. So it's, it's right there on that line of where it's starting to merge together. And honestly, I'm sure most people have read this book because it's required reading. It's required reading in schools, but I love this book. It is one of my absolute favorite books, and it has been since I was a kid, and it's just grown with me. I hadn't read it. I read it as a kid, loved it, did not read it again for a lot of years. I was in college when I read it the second time, and it was still so good. That I, I just strongly encourage everybody to read it. And I really strongly encourage parents to read it with their kid. So it is A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lingle. That's why I said I'm pretty sure everybody's read it because that is, that is a very well-known and popular book. <laughs> and it's actually a series. Some people are not aware of that, but it is. It is a series, and you get to follow Meg and her siblings as they grow older. She ends up having a kid. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But uh, (laughs) you follow them for years. So I, I, you know, quick synopsis for anybody who hasn't read it. 
but you know it's a, about this girl named Meg who is living with her her family. It's her mom and her dad and her brothers. She got twin brothers, and then she's got a young brother named Charles Wallace. And Charles Wallace is a is adopted in the movie, but in the book he says he's biological brother. That's one reason why I don't like the movie. Just saying, sorry, uh, sorry, I'm not sorry. I didn't like the movie. Anyway, they are living in this house. Her parents are both scientists. Well, one day her dad goes missing, and he's missing for months. She, the book starts with her and her family wondering where he is and and lamenting the fact that he's gone. And Charles Wallace, who's who's an interesting little child, he's he's got some some deep thoughts up in that head of his. He tells Meg one day that he's met some people that will help them find their dad. So the two of them, along with another schoolmate who happens upon them as they're going to this house, they end up going and meeting Mrs. Who, Mrs. What, and Mrs. Oh, what what's it? Mrs. Ah, oh, that's going to drive me nuts. It's been a while. But they go and meet these strange women who ends up being beings that can take them to other places. <laughs> they tesser is what it's called. So they, they can they can instantly appear somewhere else. And they go to try to find the dad because it turned out that the dad went to this planet. He managed to tesser to this other planet that is under the control of a really evil entity. And so they go to this planet to try to save the dad. They end up meeting a lot of really strange characters along the way. Um, they they get to this planet where everybody's controlled, and at one point Charles Wallace becomes controlled by this by this evil. And so Meg is not only trying to save the dad, she's trying to save Charles Wallace as well, and she does it by fighting this evil entity. I I love this story so much i really do there's so much to dive into but one of the major reasons that i love it is because there are topics in this that transcend age like anybody no matter what age is going to be able to understand and empathize with the characters in this story especially if it's one of those where parents are, are talking to their kids about it afterward. So that's why I think that it's important for kids and parents to talk about this one because it goes into topics like death and disappearances and bullying and um, struggle and single parents and stranger danger. <laughs> There it does. It goes into all sorts of things that are big topics at any age. So I think this story is a coming-of-age novel in its most supreme fashion. <laughs> you know, Meg has to learn a lot. She has to learn a whole lot in this novel. I mean, her and, and everybody else, too, but really it's her. She is learning so much about who she is, about who her family is, about what the world is. I think this novel really opens a gateway for parents and kids to be able to explore heavy topics together. 
So I highly recommend this book. I don't care what age you are. I know it's required reading in schools, but I encourage you to read it again as an adult because, oh man, it's well written and it, it is a whole series. It's a whole saga, man. Like it continues and she ends up, you know, finding love at one point. Well, she kind of, she kind of, you know, had a thing for Calvin, but she, she finds love and it's like, oh man, you get to be with them as they grow up. And so I just, I recommend it. Highly recommend it. I don't care what age you are. Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lingle. It will never grow old. All right. So my last few are young adult novels, purely young adult novels. And I've actually mentioned two of these before. Uh, in in a previous podcast but I want to talk about them again because there are topics in there that I think it's important for adults to adults to talk to their to their kids about to their teenagers about and of course they're just good stories so I recommend them for any adult who maybe you don't have kids and you just want to read a good book these are some good books (laughs) I wouldn't recommend them if they weren't good books so I'm going to start out with the one that I haven't mentioned before, which is As Old as Time by Elizabeth Braswell. I did a book talk on one of the books that Elizabeth Braswell has written that was called A Whole New World. But uh, <clears throat> So I did a whole book talk on that one. And it was really good. And that one was obviously from the titles. I'm hoping that you're able to understand that these are Based off of the Disney movies. <laughs> so, A Whole New World was the story of Jasmine and Aladdin. And As Old as Time is the story of Belle and the Beast. And Beauty and the Beast happens to be my favorite Disney movie. So, you know, that's why I'm recommending this particular one. But I liked all of them. The, all the ones that I've read of hers, and I've read um, four of them are really good. They're really good. But they take the the story from the Disney movie that we know and love and change one important aspect of the story. Just one little piece of it. And it then what would happen if that one thing had changed? So, for example, in the book talk that I did on A Whole New World, it was like uh, Aladdin goes into the cave of wonders and tries to get out but he you know the cave is collapsing because Abu took the the gym or whatever it was and so he's trying to get out but Jafar is telling him to give him the lamp and all this other stuff well in the movie Aladdin makes it out of the cave of wonders and he's got the lamp so he's got the genie but in the book what happens if Jafar actually got the lamp and Aladdin fell back into the Cave of Wonders without the genie? So it's it's a good book. I highly recommend it. But again, I'm talking about As Old as Time by Elizabeth Braswell, which is all about beauty and the beast. And what would happen if Belle's mother was the fairy or the, the uh, being, let's call her a being, that cursed the beast. I loved it. <laughs> and I loved it so much. There's this whole thing about the town and how the town would be different and how 
and why Bell's dad is the way he is, and oh man, you get to learn more about Bell and what makes her tick and why she thinks the way she does, and I loved this thing so much. It was the very first one that I read, actually, by Elizabeth Braswell, and it just captures you. The The writing style is great. The story is great. Highly recommend it, especially if you're a fan of things like, you know, multiple universes. You know, if you're thinking about the multiverse and if that's a thing, highly recommend you you read this book. Oh, it'll have you thinking all the hard questions of what if. <laughs> so I one reason, actually the main reason why I think this one is a good one to talk to your young adults about <laughs> is because it's also the same thing I say about the movie. I think the opening part of the movie gives you a lot to talk about because it's talking about not judging someone based off of biases and prejudices so he in the movie the beast adam i think is his name he judged the old woman so hard because of his own biases and first of all why is he answering his own castle door like how you got a ton of servants but you the one answering the door and where are your parents ma'am I don't know. I've always had that question. I love the movie, but I've always had that question. Anyway, so he judged her based off of his own biases and judgments. And that's why he was treated the way he was. Not only that, he was a spoiled kid. He was a spoiled little dude. And he was mean to everybody. So he got cursed. In the book, I mean, it's it's a matter of not making sure that you are trying to think of people as people, as their own people and their own thoughts and the fact that we're all different. We're all we all have our own thoughts, our own beliefs, our own opinions and being able to respect that. So I think that is why I would say that this is a good novel for anybody to read, but especially if it's a young adult reading this, then you could you as a parent could talk to them about making sure They understand how multifaceted people are. So I highly recommend it. It's great. As Old as Time by Elizabeth Braswell. Ah, such a good one. Such a good one. Even if you're, like I said, even if you're just wanting a good book to read and you love Beauty and the Beast as much as me, recommend that book. It is great. All right. So the next one that I want to talk about is, again, I talked about this one in a previous podcast. And I actually did a book talk on it, too. But I love this novel so much. It's a good one. Um, it's the Children of Blood and Bone book. Tell me, Addie Emmy. Ch- yeah, Children of Blood and Bone by Tell Me, Addie Emmy. And I hope I'm saying that right. But, oh, and by the way, as old as time, I mean, technically it's in a series because there are other books that are based off of other Disney movies that are, you know, part of your world. It's about Ariel. Once Upon a Dream, which is about, you know, Aurora. So there, it is in a series. Sorry, I meant to say that earlier. And Children of Blood and Bone is in a series because there is a a follow-up book, Children of Virtue and Vengeance, and there's supposed to be a third one at some point. So I loved 
Children of Blood and Bone. I picked that sucker up. I read it in a day. I see if you saw how thick this book was, I read it in a day. I didn't even care. I was doing it for a program with teenagers at one of my previous jobs. I loved it so much. I loved it more than the kid than the teenagers did. So this book it follows the story of a girl who she's struggling with her dad and her brother in this a small town and she's struggling because she has magic or at least she would have magic if magic still existed in the world something had happened years before that destroyed the magic in the world but her and people like her who have magic or who at least have magic in their blood are ostracized and shunned and treated horribly in this town and in this country because of who they are and she is just trying to live with her brother and her father. Well, they end up going to the main capital at one point. They come across the princess who's on the run. And they're all, they all go, all go off on adventure. At least the brother, the main girl, and the princess go off on an adventure to try to bring magic back. So the story is them going through all these different trials to try to get magic brought back into the world. And they face off against so many different people and so many different creatures. And they're on the run from the princess's brother who's chasing after them. I mean, not only is the king after them, but the princess's brother is trying to track them down. And so it's they're constantly in danger and they're learning so much and doing so much in this. And of course, at the end of the novel, spoiler alert again, but magic is brought back except for there's a huge plot twist when magic is brought back. So... I won't tell you what the plot twist is. I'll keep that to myself. But, <laughs> but it's a good one. It's a good one. Problem is, is that I didn't like the second one. I didn't like Children of Virtue and Vengeance. I'm sorry, but I didn't. I thought it was rushed. It wasn't as good as, as the first one. But hopefully the third one will be better. Hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway. So one reason why not only do I recommend this to just anybody, because this book is amazing and you will love it, but I recommend this because it it does talk about and there's a lot of subtext in this book. This is not just a story about you know a girl who's struggling with magic. You know these the characters in this are based off of people from Nigeria. So uh, a lot of the mythology is based off of Nigerian mythology. It is about um at its core, it's about race and the struggles that African-Americans and that people of color face. And, you know, I thought when I read this that she did it so well, the way she incorporated it into the story, that it fit with the story. It fit with what was going on for the characters, for the country that they're in, for the, the storyline. It fit really well the way she she wove it in to the story. But I think if you're a parent and you're talking to your your teenager and you're reading it with them or, or they're reading it and you're reading it and you're talking about it afterward, that is something to talk to them about and to try to get them to, you know, see that that subtext and understand what it means and really dive into that. That's a that's a very important topic. And I, I thought it was done so well. I highly just, not only do I highly recommend the book, I 
I applaud Tommy Adeyemi for the way that she she did that. I thought it was it was beautiful. So that was again Children of Blood and Bone by Tommy Adeyemi. And again, if I'm saying that name wrong, I'm so sorry. So my last one is also one that I just oh my gosh, I saved it for last on purpose because I'm probably gonna spiel over about this book. <laughs> I've already mentioned it before. I don't even I think it was like once. I think I only did it once. So if I only did it once, I'm doing it again. Because <laughs> it deserves it. It's called Legendborn by Tracy Dion. I picked this book up in January of this year, which I think is when it came out. It came out in January of this year. So I picked it up shortly after it came out. I fell in love with this book that I immediately went and bought it because I know that I'm going to want to reread this thing over and over and over again. It was fantastic. Oh, man. she This was her debut novel, too. It was her debut novel, and you did so well, Tracy. I applaud you. I applaud you so hard. So <clears throat> this story is about a girl from North Carolina, which was even better because, yeah, I'm from North Carolina. <laughs> I just loved it so much. But she is a teenager and she is, you know, trying to uh, live her life. You know, she's like 15 and then her mom dies. And her mom dies. She was told because of a car accident. But then... Later on, you know, she starts having feelings about it. She was like, you know, it just didn't feel right to her. Well, so she's struggling. Obviously, she's a young girl who just lost her mom. She's obviously struggling with that. That is a tough something to struggle with. And then she goes, she was accepted to the early college program at UNC Chapel Hill. So she decides to go. Well, she goes with a friend when they get there. The very first night they're there. They end up going to this party that's being put on by some of the other early high school or early college students. And they're out in the woods somewhere, just kind of secluded. While they're there, they end up getting attacked. All of the students get attacked by something. They're all running around screaming. They can't really see what's going on. Well, she does. She sees these creatures that they're, that are being, that are attacking the students. And then she sees a guy fight these creatures and then she has her memory erased, except for when she has her memory erased, she can still remember parts of it. So it didn't really work. So then the next day she's out on campus and she runs into her tutor and they get attacked and she gets taken because she gets hurt. She gets taken to this place that she doesn't know where she is, but while she's there, she's healed and then she's supposed to have her mind erased again, except for it doesn't work. She remembers everything. So she ends up going to her tutor, who is the one who took her to this place, and says, yeah, I know something's up. And I want it taken care of. Like, I want to know what's going on. And I think there's something fishy going on here. I want re I remember stuff. I, re I want to remember all of it. And I think it has something to do with my mom. She she was remembering these weird things from her mother when her mother passed away. 
So she was trying to put two and two together and see if it had anything to do with her mom dying. So she goes, he, she convinces this tutor guy to let her into this secret society because it turns out there's a whole secret society on campus. And remember, this is Chapel Hill, so it's an old school, right? Uh, so there's a lot of history there. So there's this, this secret society. And it turns out that in this secret society, everyone is descended from one of the knights of the round table. <laughs> so it's, it's got that Arthurian legend stuff going on. And then, of course, again, the mystery, because there are these creatures running around. And why are these creatures running around? And how are they going to protect the school? And, you know, what does it mean for her that she remembers things? So there's a huge mystery going on on this. I love this story so much. Just the the descriptions and the characters are great. And you get drawn into this world. And, of course, there's that wonderful element of if you're in North Carolina anyway. Oh, it's it's here in North Carolina. That's awesome. You know, it's a teen, it's a YA book about North Carolina. You, you read some adult books, but I haven't read very many young adult books that were set in North Carolina. So it's super exciting. You know, there's that too. But I think that one of the reasons why it's important to read this if you're a parent and your child or your your teen is reading this to read it with them is because there are certain topics in there that may be better delved into together so there is the she is an african-american girl the main girl and you know she is it does deal a bit with race and the concept of race and it also deals with a girl who just dealt with a huge loss, the huge loss of her mother and how she copes with that. And so that's important to talk to your kids, too, is the idea of grief and, you know, how everybody deals with grief differently. And, you know, how could this character have dealt with it um, that maybe she wouldn't have gotten involved in this dangerous society, you know, talking to, to them about that, talking to them about what it's. When you're a teen and you're given that freedom to go to a different school, you know, how you kind of, she, the character, the main character ended up going through some things that jeopardized her, her spot at this, at this school. And so, because she was on her own for the first time, you know, what does she do when she's on her own for the first time? She is a teenager. (laughs) So talking to them about, you know, growing up and what, what's going to happen when they go off to college for the first time and how things might look different. And, you know, talking to them about that, I think there are there are so many wonderful aspects to this story. You know, she, the main character, grows so much over the course of this story. And, of course, it's going to be a series. She hasn't come out with the second one yet. It's supposed to come out in June of 2022. Super excited about it. Can't wait. But, you know, so you're she's grown so much in the first one you can only imagine what's going to happen to her through the course of the series and how the series unfolds because again i don't know she's only come out with this one so far the next one's coming out next year so we don't know what's going to happen but oh man just the story itself is so good i highly recommend it for anybody 
anybody, doesn't matter if you're a parent with a kid who's reading it or you just want to read it. I I strongly encourage you to read it because it is worth it. It is so good. Oh, I love it. So those were my choices for young adult and juvenile fiction novels that are fantasy-esque series that I highly recommend you read if you're an adult. I don't, doesn't matter if you have a kid or not. I think they're just great series. There's so much to learn from it. There's so much to get out of these books. The sheer imagination of these books is just mind-boggling. I love it. So, again, that is the Serafina series by Robert Beatty. The Pendragon series by D.J. McHale. The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel series by Michael Scott. The Wrinkle and Tom series by Madeline Lingle. As Old as Tom and that whole um, Twisted Fairy Tale series by Elizabeth Braswell. And there have actually been others in that same series that are written by other authors. So I highly recommend those two. Children of Blood and Bone by Tommy Adeyemi, and Legendborn by Tracy Dion. So some really great books, uh, some really great series, highly recommend. And thank you for listening to another podcast from us here at CCPL. We really hope that you're enjoying them. If you are, please do leave us uh, a suggestion, leave us, leave us some comments. You know, let us know how we're doing. Let us know if there's anything you'd like to hear. And I hope to see y'all in the next one. Bye. (laughs) 